Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hello, Koshi here. Before we get into this episode of The Call, I've got a favor to ask. The bigger the Ausbiz audience, the more we can invest in great content and keep providing quality investment ideas to you for free. If you could just take a minute of your time to leave a review of the call in the Apple Podcast app, it'll help keep our tribe growing. And of course, don't forget to catch up with all the best interviews each day at ausbiz.com.au. Thanks for listening. Enjoy the call. Hello, welcome back to Ausbiz. Nice to have your company for the next hour. This is a program we call The Call. We uh, analyze 10 stocks um, that are suggested by viewers. We put them to an expert panel on whether they buy, hold or sell. Something a bit different today because cryptocurrencies are just the hottest thing around at the moment. Uh, we're going to dedicate this edition of The Call to look at 10 cryptocurrencies or cryptocurrency assets or businesses linked to this whole space and um, and give you an opinion on them. And uh, our expert panel today, Carl Kapalinga from uh, Think Markets. Carl, good to have you on board for this. Good afternoon, Koshi. It is a pleasure to be here. And uh, what a fantastic day to be talking about crypto. Elon Musk has been up and about tweeting away and exactly. he has blown up Twitter. He's blown up the internet uh, with his activities. And I'm sure we'll get well, into that. Yeah, exactly. We will very shortly. Josh Gilbert from eToro is with us. Josh, good to see you. We spoke about this on the last call a couple of Friday nights ago. Yeah. And um, you're doing your best to convince me. I need to declare my uh, view at the moment here. And this is why I've got these two experts for the next 60 minutes, because I need to be convinced on cryptos. And um, I am not sure whether it is the greatest investment of a generation or the greatest financial scam of a generation. I have no idea. Yeah, the answer so is yes. Caution. I'm, I'm declaring yes. myself open here, um, but it is so hot. There are plenty of people in it at the moment. There are plenty of people uh, making lots of money. It is making headlines around the world. Have I been left behind in all of this? Um, well, I'm here to be convinced. So, um, Carl, let's kick off with you. Um, take me right back to the start. I say to people, what is a cryptocurrency? How do you, how do you get one? And people say to me, well, these are supercomputers who are mining cryptos by um, uh, solving complex algorithms. And when you do that, like a big maths test, and when you get it, your reward is not a, uh, a ribbon you used to get in your maths test at school, but you get a unit, a mined unit of this, this cryptocurrency. Is that about right? Yeah. Look, you're very, very close there. David. So I guess the, the 
the goal here is to teach an old doge new tricks for today's uh, <laughs> session. Very <laughs> good. Board, I like to, it. It's, a, it's an in-joke, that one. Yes, uh, but no, you, like look, you're very, very close. So, and uh, no doubt, Koshi, back in the day, uh, you were probably sending little notes across the class to a, to a buddy on the other side uh, where you said that uh, if you see the number one, that's the letter A. If you see the number two, that's B. Uh, all the way through to 26 and that's Z. And then your buddy uh, gets the the piece of paper and he decodes it. Um, that's what cryptography is, only uh, we're taking it to a slightly more uh, complicated, complex level when it comes yeah. to the algorithms that encode the transactions for a particular cryptocurrency. So it's, it's the entire history of that cryptocurrency, every uh, Bitcoin or Ether or whatever it is that has ever uh, been created and spent from day dot. And uh, the record is being constantly updated. And each time a new block is created, that is a new a group of transactions and the transactions that literally happened uh, in, the, in the most recent past, uh, the, 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 the cryptographical algorithm embeds into that new block uh, the information of all of the blocks before it. Uh, so, so effectively, you've got this ledger that's constantly updated, uh, but it also represents everything that's ever ha ever happened. And that's when, when you link them together. That's the the chain part of the blockchain. blockchain. Uh, yep. The blocks that are added for information, and we can go on and on and on. Essentially, uh, unlike I guess unlike uh, the the dollars in your wallet, where you have no idea who spent that dollar before you. Um, this this is a very different way of representing things. So we, we say in theory it's more secure, it's immutable, it can't be changed. Um, it, it's it's harder to be to, to to hack and to be fraudulent because of the nature of these algorithms. Um, so there, look, there are definitely some benefits uh, in this space. You mentioned, look, is it a, is it a scam or is it the greatest thing ever? The answer to that question is is yes. It, it, it's probably a bit of both. Uh, and 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 as the landscape evolves. And some of the hype and hysteria um, uh, sort of comes down a little bit and, and the key projects, the real projects come to the fore, uh, then I think we'll, we'll move okay. on to the step where it becomes a real investment uh, opportunity. Okay. So, Josh, I understand blockchain mm -hmm. and I think as a technology and evolution and industrial evolution, I can see a lot of sense in that. Yeah. Um, but I'm not sure how you get a currency trade out of it. Yeah. And people go, well, it's just like a dollar. Yeah. You know, it's a, it's a means of trading. Like back, at, you know, in, in the old days, we exchanged shells as a means of value during the rum rebellion. It was rum was a currency. This is no different. But how do you value it? So in two sort of sections there, I think the first is obviously looking at some of those crypto assets like Bitcoin, Ethereum and things like that. Bitcoin particularly, I don't think you'll use as a, as a currency, as you like, more of a store of value, similar to that of something like gold or you know, a bit more of a store of value. So it's not really going to be used to, to spend, you know, in my opinion. You know, I don't think you'll go down to the shops and be buying your shopping with it. Oh, hang on, I, I, I went to a little local restaurant mm -hmm. down my way the other week at a on the on the door going in had Mastercard, um, Bitcoin. Visa, Bitcoin. Yeah, absolutely. So I was you, shocked. Yeah, you oh. can use it. Absolutely. Look, obviously, as a business, you want yeah. to accept it because it has that you know potential. You know, if if you were accepting it as a business when it was six hundred dollars and now it's at you know, fifty thousand yeah. dollars, obviously, it's a um, a great decision. I think the the difference is okay. One crypto like Bitcoin has a use case, and then you could look at other cases 
other cryptocurrencies, things like stable coins, like Tether, which we'll touch on later, yeah. which will be used as those currencies. And I think the benefit there is having a stable coin, which can be used to effectively try and improve the financial system. You know, that's the sort of the case here with blockchain. I think that's right. the benefit behind it is trying to use the blockchain to effectively, as I say, improve that financial system, send payments much faster, you know, no delays in terms of sending payments. But it's outside the payment system. It is. It, yeah, it yeah. operates outside any financial regulator, any financial payment system. Yeah. So I think a key point now where we are is is obviously, you know, soon we probably will see regulation. And I think we welcome that. I think we welcome that regulation coming in. Um, you know, the new um, SEC chairman, Gary Gensler, um, in, in sort of his mind, he's come from a blockchain and crypto sort of background right. as well, which will be really important because we've got a number of ETFs lined up that, you know, like to go through approval. And he will be somebody who regulates the crypto space, but also in a place where, okay, it's not too... You know, too heavily regulated, where we, you know, we can't see this sort of decentralization, but in the sense where we're actually regulating it to protect investors but at it, the same but time. But it should be regulated like any investment, shouldn't it? Like it, it depends. Currency. Yeah, it it depends in that sense because we we sort of need to define, you know, the what's a security. Um, and sort of which ones are not, depending on what they, their use cases are. So, f for example, you can look at things like Tether, you know, which is obviously used in the case of um, you know, sending money or used as sort of a, um, you know, just a, a base dollar. So just a stable coin. So, again, something like that obviously will probably need a lot more regulation. We're obviously seeing Visa adopt it in terms of looking to settle payments through it. So I think that general adoption that we've seen over the last sort of like, two, three years is sort of really pushing that forward to be accepted from financial institutions and obviously we're seeing the banks right. accept it now and you know in bigger cases so. yeah but carl central banks and governments would hate this wouldn't they because they can't control it they can't regulate it themselves it's ah uh, look you know well maybe but uh, how do you control and how do you regulate the the us dollar for example koshi i'm watching this great show on netflix at the moment called ozark with yeah. jason bateman i don't know yeah, if you've seen a great it great series uh, yeah that there's there's plenty of US dollars out sloshing around out there being used by criminals and uh, and on the black market and getting you know uh, oh, yeah. so if you could be nefarious with with any anything anything you want and uh, humankind has done that since day dot and they'll continue to do it uh, but uh, you know as Josh said it's it's Bitcoin's probably going to be more like a unit of exchange store of value uh, like gold. Uh, you mentioned uh, the, the local um, Chinese restaurant accepting Bitcoin. It's really uh, it, it's really easy to accept Bitcoin. Uh, because you don't, uh, as a receiver, you don't pay any of the fees uh, for the transaction. It's much harder to pay for something Bitcoin. So, it, so you'll find a lot of restaurants out there will have that little sign on there, just oh, they want to be hip or, or maybe attract customers. But you're very unlikely to pay for a, a, a Chinese restaurant meal with Bitcoin because it's probably going to cost you somewhere between ten and fifteen dollars in transaction fees to do so. Um, so it's the sender that pays the transaction fee. Uh, and at the moment, because of the congestion on the network and, and the lack of scalability within uh, the, the Bitcoin uh, protocol, uh, the, the fees are quite substantial. So you wouldn't you wouldn't uh, buy a cup of coffee, you know, a coffee from Starbucks with it because the, the, the fee would be more than your coffee, for example. Less of an issue if you're buying a Tesla, which is worth, you know, sixty, seventy thousand uh, dollars because it's not based upon the, the value size. Of the transaction, it's it's uh, it's based around the, the computational power that goes into the transaction. So, um, efficient for some transactions, not for others. Uh, to come back to your original question about uh, regulation, yes, I think it will happen. Uh, the, how the cat's out of the bag, though the horse is bolted, and most of the um, the key people don't understand what the hell this stuff is anyway. So it's probably years down the track, not months. Yeah. 
but see, then, then I go, let's talk about uh, Elon Musk. So Saturday Night Live, which is a comedy show in, in the US, he was hosting on the weekend, and he sort of joked about Dogecoin, that it was a hustle. So Dogecoin yep. goes down 15%. I don't know whether he shorted Dogecoin at the time. Uh, and then last night, he comes up and goes, well, we're not going to use Bitcoin at Tesla anymore. You can't, can't buy a car with Bitcoin because the electricity used by these supercomputers to mine a Bitcoin is so large that um, it's, it's not up to our, our green standard. So we're only going to use cryptocurrencies that are done in an energy efficient way. So again, Bitcoin, what, what's a drop? 10, 15% just on. And I, I yeah, give, give or take. Yeah. If, it, if he said, said that about a particular stock, um, he'd be up for market manipulation. Uh, yeah, well, he has been, you know, wrapped on the knuckles a couple of times for comments he's made about Tesla and uh, one yeah. in particular where he said he was going to take it private. And that was literally designed to be a joke that was uh, interpreted not to be a joke by uh, Twitter followers and, and, and people yeah. who are trading in the markets. Uh, look, it's frustrating. It's frustrating that we have people like Elon Musk out there because I, I think he does more damage uh, to the yeah. credibility of the cryptocurrency yeah. space than he does uh, benefit. Um, look, whether you like him or hate him, uh, I think... Uh, he likes to be uh, popular, and I think um, you know he, a lot of the comments are based around popularity, not reality. Uh, and I think this pivot that he's made in the last 24 hours is probably more to do with the fact that he does represent, um, uh, you know, a, a company, or he's, he has a significant stake in a company. He's, he's managing a company and has to answer to shareholders, and, and perhaps um, shareholders have spoken up, or perhaps uh, some of the, the regulators may have um, tapped him on the shoulder and said, "Hey, look." Just be careful with what you're saying, and you might want to uh, back away from this. Or uh, just, you know, literally, shell saying that we're we're more an environmentally friendly company, and, and this is not the, uh, the, right. the the way we want you to take us. So, um, I, I would de I would tune out of uh, I would I would unfollow him. I wish I could because I can't. In my, my line of work, but, <laughs> he needs uh, a social media manager, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it, but Josh, he moves market. So, yeah. is that what you're saying? Uh, the whole industry, the sector, would welcome regulation because it would shut people like him up from making stupid comments. I think he said on Saturday Night Live that, you know, he's, he's quite an impulsive guy. You know, he sort of doesn't really hold back with what he's saying. So I think... Yeah, that's I, great if you don't lose money. Yeah, right? exactly, yeah. Um, and I think, again, I don't think he realises sometimes how much power he has in, in that sort yeah. of sense. But, you know, again, I think probably we could do with him having a social media manager, like I say. But I think yeah, in terms of that regulation, it's, it's welcomed. I think we would like to see it to sort of really, um, you know, sort of fine-tune the sort of... Um, the asset classes in that sort of sense, because you know, right now it is a bit of a minefield sometimes for especially new investors or you know whatever that might be. And I think we just people want to see more protection over it because there's such great technology there um, that can be used to to really change our everyday lives because we are moving towards that digitalization. And I think it's really important. So that regulation, I think, will, will be key moving forward. But as yeah. I say, just in what capacity will obviously be really important as well. Okay. So. All right, let's get into it. Um, Ten cryptos or crypto related assets that uh, we're going to go through to uh, see how they look as an investment. And Carl, let's go with the big boy first of uh, market leader, Bitcoin, first mover advantage. Um, what do you think of Bitcoin at the moment? It's sort of all over the place. Um, it was invented by, is it a real person? Satoshi Nakamoto, no who uh, came up, who came up with this in real... 2009 or no one knows? 
yeah, well, look, there's a real, real person, um, but we don't know his actual identity. Uh, it's you know, a pseudonym. There are a couple of guys. One oh, guy, the, to the best of my knowledge, has revealed his identity. The other guy remains um, anonymous. Uh, there's a court case where an Australian chap says that it's him. Uh, but look, I guess it's less important. It's more that he pulled together a bunch of um, a bunch of ideas, a bunch of concepts that, that weren't new, in fact, that were sort of sloshing around since the 80s, but he pulled into something that could be worked. So this idea of having um, a peer-to-peer, uh, decentralised, no middleman system of transferring uh, real money uh, has been worked on since the 80s, and he's uh, done it by creating his own uh, or a you know a, a unique digital asset uh, to be that medium of exchange. Uh, so as you say, first mover advantage, certainly the biggest and best known one, and it will therefore um, always have some value just for, uh, on that basis, I guess. Looking long term, it does have significant structural problems. We've talked about the significant environmental impact. Uh, it's supposed to be decentralised, yet the mining is highly centralised, uh, and it is centralised. Uh, to, to the extent of about 60% in China in terms of the mining and the maintenance oh. of the network. Uh, that concerns me a little and probably concerns um, uh, the US and maybe other areas. Uh, so, look, it, it, certainly because it's the biggest and the best, it's the best known, it'll always be prominent. But is it going to be the one that lasts? Uh, is it going to be the one that takes us into the future? And, and my honest opinion is uh, I doubt it. Uh, I, I think this... History will show that Bitcoin uh, ends up being a little bit like a Nokia or a BlackBerry, uh, where uh, it, it capitalises on a great idea and then gets surpassed by some very, very good projects that come after it that are second, third, and, so, and, and subsequent generations that improve on this on this original theme. Um, what we see on chart on screen is actually a really interesting chart. We're seeing the um, the, the percentage. Uh, that Bitcoin makes up of the entire crypto space. You can see that's been dropping uh, rapidly over the yeah. last six months. Uh, and that is because um, people are being drawn into the space because of Bitcoin in the headlines. They see it on the side of the bus shelter. But as they've as they're, as they're become more familiar with the space, they're doing their research and they're moving out to some of the, these other projects. Um, it, look, uh, I was one of the early ones to, to I came on Ausbiz uh, in October last mm. year and told people to buy Bitcoin because I said it was going to 50,000. Um, I'm more of the opinion now that no, I think you, I think you need to be out of it. Um, that the chart is moving more into a supply side uh, phase rather than a demand side phase. It's clear as day. Uh, we've stopped going up. We've we've been going sideways for a few months, and now we're breaking towards the bottom of that range. Um, but the, but I think you know keep your money in the crypto universe, but start to look for some but of these other projects. Yeah, Josh, yep. what do you reckon? I think definitely again, um, like Carl says, it's obviously we're now seeing um, an upgrade in in more cryptos coming through so ethereum and that dominance is sort of slightly dropping off i think we mentioned earlier about the use cases of bitcoin in terms of um you know how it will be used as a store of value i think the sort of the benefit of it is is it has that finite supply you know so at some point in the future you know we won't have any more what, what's out there is out there we've lost you know a huge amount over the years in terms of bitcoin just you know people wallets and things that can't be found so i think that will be important supply and demand will will certainly play a big part over time we're increasingly talking about it being a sort of a hedge against inflation, um, which is probably quite relevant right now. Yeah, yeah. Sort After of what happened last yeah, night. Yeah, correct. But I think in terms of sort of how that, how that will work, I think we probably aren't in a, in a great place at the moment to really decide that. I don't think Bitcoin's really been around long enough for us to really, right. you know, sort of test it as an inflation hedge. We'll be in a better place, I think, in the near future if we can really see it as you know, labelled as an inflation hedge when we can see the effects of 
in monetary policies and in monetary stimulus, et cetera, moving forward. But as I say, I think the what we've seen over the last few years is that institutional pickup, uh, which has been really, really important. So again, Tesla, for example, even though they're you know not going to be accepting it because of the energy supplies, I think that the recognition from the industry is really important. We're now obviously seeing Visa talk about it and you know, the large payment providers, PayPal, of course. So I think we're adopting it into our everyday lives. I think, you know, Carl made a good point in the technical sense that there are obviously a lot of cryptos coming through, but I still think Bitcoin will continue to be that dominant force at the top. It may not have the same technology um, as some of the others. There are sort of probably some other cryptos out there with a bit of better technology in terms of blockchain. Um, But I think Bitcoin will continue to be dominant in that space just because, you know, where where it's come from, you know, how popular it is. um, And obviously just that finite supply for me. Would you be buying Bitcoin now at least? Levels, what, 50,000? 50, I think it's, 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 it's difficult. I think in terms of you probably need to look at the technical side a little bit more. Um, but I think when we ever, whenever we have a sell-off from those record highs, it's very quickly gobbled up. Right. I think that's a key thing to know. Whenever we see those drop-offs, we do tend to sort of move back up very quickly. Whether that's right. institutions buying or retail, it, you know, it doesn't usually stay at those prices for that long. Um, again, I think you know, it, when you get to a, an asset class, you know, okay, it was at 60,000, do you buy then when it hits the top? Or you know, it could keep going. I think we probably said that when yeah. it was at 20,000. You know, personally, right now, I think it's looking quite favorable. It fell down to about 46,000 US earlier, which you know, is a favorable price, particularly when it came off. At sixty three thousand, not too long ago. So okay. trading around these values, I think retail investors should definitely be keeping an eye on it. So, so buying it, buy, hold, or sell. Hold, hold. Okay, <laughs> hold on the fence, but but that's all right. I'm, I'm a sell. Okay, I'm you're a sell. No, all right. Uh, our second one, uh, Josh, to look at is Grayscale. Now, this isn't a cryptocurrency. It's a basically a fund manager, isn't it? Trust, of, yeah, yeah. Uh, a trust of cryptos. Um, they have a Bitcoin trust, they have an Ethereum trust, and then they have what they, they're calling the um, a big cap or a, a digital large cap, mm-hmm. cap fund, which they have five different um, Yeah, lots of new uh, DeFi coins, yeah. Yeah, in it. They have Bitcoin, Ethereum, Bitcoin Cash, Litecoin and Chainlink in it. Yeah. Um, what do you think of them as an option? of getting into cryptocurrency? As a retail investor, you probably find it quite difficult to, to sort of gain access to Grayscale. I think it's more sort of sort of positioned towards um, really accessing it for the institutional investor. It makes it much easier for an institutional yeah. investor to, to purchase crypto because you have, again, when you're purchasing cryptocurrencies, whether it be you know, Bitcoin, Ethereum, that security element is sort of quite large and the costs of that can sometimes be quite difficult, especially when you're buying it at scale. Yeah. So I think Grayscale provides that option for institutional investors or you know just large retail investors as such to, to sort of really get involved without having the difficulty behind it. I think it's played a big part, um, particularly over the last you know, few years of, of bringing that institutional money in because we never really had it. It's also, the nearest thing we have to an ETF at the moment. And as I say, it's not really accessible to the everyday investor, which then I think represents now a clear move towards you know an ETF. They hold about 3.8 billion um, in, in sort of Bitcoin at the moment. And their trust has increased about 116% this year as well. So that's obviously done sort of really well. So which one was that? There's just the grayscale, grayscale the, yeah, the, yeah, BT, yeah. the BTC one. Um, yeah. But as I say, I think this represents that sort of move towards an ETF. We've already got nine outstanding ETFs, you know, waiting for approval. So right. I think it shows that there is a clear interest there and that people, you know, want to be able to get involved with crypto sure. without, I think because, you know, especially when we go back, if we go really, really far back in the day, 2016, 15, 
it was actually really difficult for the everyday investor to purchase crypto. You know, um, even myself trying to purchase it in 2016, you sort of had to be a bit of a computer geek to really yeah. jump on it because it was very difficult. Whereas now we have so much, so many ways to be able to purchase it. It's much easier. And I think this is a great way for institutions to really be able to, to get involved without making it sort of too difficult. Obviously, ARK Invest with Kathy Wood, she yeah. has a huge holding in it as well. So it just shows that there is obviously benefits there, you know, with Grayscale. Okay, but, but retail investors, ordinary private investors can't get into Grayscale. They can, but it would be very, very difficult. Yeah, right. You have to meet certain requirements um, to do that. So I think it would be quite difficult to do. Yeah. Okay. Carl, what do you think of Grayscale? Yeah, look, conceptually, I think um, hopefully this is the start of, of other products that, that are listed We on the ASX, for example, uh, via an ETF structure that we can trade. I did um, have a look on the Think Markets platform for this one. I couldn't find it. We've got most uh, NYSE and NASDAQ stocks, but this one trades on the OTC market, so it's a little bit harder to get um, access to. So uh, it, it's worth talking about Grayscale from the point of view that uh, it, it's it, it's probably a sign of things to come for average mum and dad investors where hopefully we'll be able to, to get some broad uh, crypto universe exposure by buying an ETF on the ASX. Uh, but uh, we could be a little while away from that because um, these things need to get approved and there's some reluctance to do so and some trepidation. So, yeah, not, not much we can do with this one right now. Conceptually, I think it's great. But, um, yeah, there's, there's, there's very little that you can actually run out and do okay. with this one, unfortunately. All right. Um, Carl, what about, uh, is it Binance, um, the yeah. big crypto exchange, used to be the the biggest uh, platform, sort of stock exchange, if you like, of uh, cryptos before uh, Coinbase floated uh, on the American market, what, last month. Um, Ch Chinese in origin moved to Japan mm -hmm. uh, ahead of the Chinese government banning cryptocurrencies a couple of years ago. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Look, yeah, and I guess it's worth explaining uh, to, to viewers who maybe haven't got any crypto uh, investments at this point in time, kind of how you how you go about it. So there are these unlike um, we, if you wanted to buy shares uh, in BHP or Fortescue uh, or NAB, you, you go to the ASX, um, you call up your stockbroker, maybe it's uh, Think Markets, for example, uh, and, and, you, and you buy the shares and, and you might have a holder identification number and that identifies your, your ownership of that particular um, parcel. There's an official ASX, right? I mean, there's a one-stop shop here in Australia and America. Well, I've mentioned the NYSE and the NASDAQ, etc. When it comes to crypto, there's no single centralized exchange. There, there are a number of major, major players that, um, I guess, facilitate their clients coming together. And, and when I say lots of clients, thousands, tens of thousands of clients coming together and trading cryptos via that platform. So Binance is certainly one of them. You mentioned Coinbase before, and there are a number of others. You would, you know, get on their website, open an account and start, uh, you know, fund it and start trading um, in that way. So Binance is, is the biggest, depending on which day of the week you Google it. Um, as you said, Coinbase. And these, you know, who, there's not hard and fast data on these things. But look, he's certainly one of the biggest players out there. The Binance coin, uh, which is the ticker code BNB, that is more of a, um, it's, well, number one, it's a token, it's not a coin. And without getting too technical here, tokens are created on um, blockchains. Uh, so uh, this, this one is actually uh, created, uh, maybe Josh can correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure it's created on the Ethereum uh, blockchain. Yeah, and was, yeah. um, 
Yeah, so 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 it uses the Ethereum uh, blockchain, but it is its own little token, and it's um, so they're not mined, they're minted. So there's a whole heap of them that come out at the start, issued by Binance, and this one is really used uh, for trading bonuses, um, trading credits, and for uh, the people within the Binance sort of um, ecosystem to to pay fees and things like that. So it's not something that you're you are very unlikely to go and pay for a cup of coffee with this particular coin. It's really sort of an intra-ecosystem right. coin. But it has done very, very well because I guess it came off a low base. Lots of Binance has lots of clients and they're using it to do various things within that little um, environment. So it's not one personally that I would go out and buy on that basis because I can't see the real sort of long-term benefit of it outside of being used for a very specific purpose. Okay, so it says here it's got a market capitalization of $1.3 billion. Does that... So it's listed on the market in the US, is it? Uh, the Binance company itself? Yeah. Yeah, look, actually, I don't know. I they're don't not. know. No, no, I, I, I thought it was okay. privately, I thought it was privately right. held, yeah. So it's still basically a token that you're buying rather than, than a currency, Josh? Yeah, I think in the sense of BNB, a lot of people are buying it the same way you buy Coinbase. Right. They're anticipating that Binance is, you know, I think they're, they're trying to do that in the same sense. I think with Binance, again... Um, but Coinbase is listed. Is listed, yeah, yeah, is listed, yeah. On the market. Correct. I think the difference, you know, Carl made a good point, a lot of how it's being used is for fees and trading activities. And again, Binance is obviously a huge platform. Yeah. But behind that, there is, they've obviously, Carl mentioned, they started on the Ethereum chain. They've now moved to their own blockchain, which is called the Binance chain. And the reason why that's quite important at the moment is that there's a lot of projects through the blockchain that can be launched. So new crypto assets that are being launched off of the back of that. And actually what we're seeing is um, sort of decentralized exchanges. Um, so for example, PancakeSwap um, is one like a crypto asset that can be launched off of that. And you can then purchase new cryptos through that. And that's sort of really performed well because of uh, launching new assets on there. So, so very why is it called PancakeSwap? It's called PancakeSwap, yeah. Don't oh. ask me why it's called that. Okay. But, um, <laughs> so yeah, so that's that was launched on the uh, Binance Smart Chain. And then through PancakeSwap, you can then purchase sort of smaller assets. Um, wow. Probably a good way to describe it is like penny stocks, okay? You can yeah. purchase smaller assets on there, which then grow. Um, so it does a very similar job to something like Ethereum because it has like what we call smart contracts, which we'll probably touch on later when we talk about Ethereum. Um, but I think a lot of people are moving towards Binance because its gas fees are much lower, so it's cheaper to use their smart chain than it is the Ethereum smart chain, where a lot of the uh, transaction happens at the moment. So I think you know um, projects are preferring to use Binance rather than Ethereum because Ethereum hasn't fully converted to what we would call its mm. 2.0 project. Right. So it does have a little bit of technology behind it, as well as obviously being um, you know a token that you know consumers can use on its platform to obviously settle transactions and make it a little okay. bit cheaper. So. So would you be investing in Binance tokens now? Uh, I w yeah, for me, it's, it would be something I would uh, definitely look at because it really gives that um, bit of a diversified approach outside of right. Ethereum and Cardano. So, yeah. Okay. All right. All right. Well, Josh, let's go on to Ethereum. Yep. Um, you are just mentioning the, um, the number two cryptocurrency yep. in, the, in the market at the moment. Uh, I was reading today the latest price hike in Ethereum values that that market at more than um, what's well, more than JP Morgan Chase, the uh, one of America's biggest global banks or yep. global banking. Yeah, 
Look, I think Ethereum itself is is what we would probably say is the base for for DeFi, so the decentralized finance. It's sort of really been the um, the base for that, and that's sort of been really an interest um, for a lot of investors over the last six to nine months. JP Morgan, actually, funny you mentioned that, are actually sort of integrating Ethereum's blockchain, um, you know, through a lot of what they do in terms of transactions. Correct, yeah. yeah. So I think that side of it is is why we've seen such a large price hike recently. Of course, things like the NFTs, um, the non fungible tokens, which has been all the craze recently. That's been um, a, a huge boost for Ethereum because a lot of that is done on the, the Ethereum blockchain. You can create and then sell and, and store on there, um, and that's being used for sort of various uh, reasons. Again, you know, artists, um, you know, social media users are using that to, to generate. So we've seen a lot more through there. Um, it has a, a huge smart contract capability, um, and they're self-executing ex- contracts, which basically is an agreement between buyers um, and sellers. Um, transparent, irreversible, and that's okay. why it's sort of really important. The security of it is, is So no one really in big. between. No, correct, yeah. yeah. So it's that's the idea is that the security of the blockchain is really important. And I think what's probably key to, to know as well is that we have had a huge demand from institution invest, institutional investors recently. We mentioned Grayscale earlier. Yep. They have that sort of um, second trust, which is the Ethereum trust. And people are now looking to diversify out of Bitcoin. It's funny we say diversifying away from Bitcoin, but there's a lot of interest um, in that. There's a lot of institutions moving away, at, you know, not moving away, but diversifying from Bitcoin. And I think naturally it's a lower cost value to Bitcoin. Um, so I think from a um, from a retail standpoint, you know, when you're thinking psychologically, you know, you're looking at Bitcoin at sixty thousand and Ethereum at it was, you know, to say two thousand. A psychological factor is, you know, you're sort of yeah. going to go for something a little bit cheaper. You can own, own a whole coin, similar to why, you know, stock splits, you know, because it's that mm. sort of psychological value of, of being a cheaper yeah. coin. So I think it will have that benefit there. A lot of people do think it could actually flip Bitcoin, particularly because of the, the, the basis of the technology. I think that's key. It has probably a lot more use cases than maybe what Bitcoin can. And I think that's probably why, um, you know, there is an interest there. So, yeah, I think for, for me, Ethereum is probably one of the, the sort of the the real key um, crypto assets um, within that market okay. for, for technology and use cases. So you'd be a buyer of Ethereum yeah. at these prices in preference to Bitcoin yeah. as well. Okay, Carl, Ethereum? Yeah, look, I, I agree. I think Ethereum has way more use cases than Bitcoin. Uh, you mentioned uh, it was second on the market cap list. So it's around about, just looking at my, my numbers here, um, so five hundred billion at the moment, compared to Bitcoin's uh, close to one trillion. Yeah. Uh, so it's about half the market cap of Bitcoin. Um, yeah, look, I think there's every chance it could surpass Bitcoin to become the world's largest crypto by market cap, and that could happen two ways. Number one, Ethereum simply goes up and uh, passes it, or um, Bit- Ethereum stays where it is and, and Bitcoin comes down, or a combination of two where they pass each other on the way through. Right. Uh, so, yeah, look, the difference between uh, Bitcoin, which is, um, <laughs> quote unquote, for, for me, not, not a particularly um, s- smart uh, cryptocurrency, Ethereum is, is more of a smart currency. So it's, it's oh. not just a, a, the, the currency is Ether, um, but, but Ethereum is, is an ecosystem. It, it's a programming language that has a blockchain um, uh, currency attached to it. So you can create, uh, with, uh, Josh talked about smart contracts. So an example of a smart contract is um, uh, you, you might be having um, you know, a futures contract, for example. So based upon uh, the price of crude oil getting to a certain point, and, and instead of um, uh, you know, uh, you know, having, trusting somebody to pay you, 
as soon as crude oil gets to that point, the transaction would occur immediately uh, without any uh, central exchange, like a, a futures exchange or something like that. And look, I'm just trying to use one that people understand, yep. but there are many, yep. there are much broader uh, applications to this, okay. including um, including non-fungible tokens. So uh, we mentioned those; they're, they're all the rage at the moment. Um, you know, the, the, the digital artist Beeple who sold something for 76 million or something as simple as a, a, a digital picture of a cat. Uh, and and Koshi, some of these some of these cats are selling for five thousand dollars US. I'm not kidding. So uh, anyway, I'm making making light of what what is otherwise yeah, yeah. a fairly serious <laughs> serious project out there. Look, the key for the the the, the they're, they're the they're the pros. The cons for Ethereum at the moment is it is um, as resource intensive as Bitcoin. So if we want to look at it from an environmental perspective, it uses the same uh, type of algorithm, which is a proof of work algorithm. So basically. All of the miners are trying to solve the same equation at the same time. Uh, it's very inefficient. They are trying to move to this Ethereum uh, 2.0, which Josh mooted earlier on, which will change that to a proof of stake algorithm, which, to cut a long story short, is way more environmentally friendly. It depends more on how much Ethereum you have rather than everybody trying to solve the same equations. In fact, you're not trying to solve that equation at all. You just got your stake. You get um, you, you get picked. Uh, to, to validate the, the the latest block, so when right. we get to 2.0, you know that, and that's a good thing for Ethereum. There's a roadmap there. There's a, there's a roadmap there to evolve it. The development of Ethereum is far more centralized. Um, right. So the chap the chap that uh, started at Vitalik uh, Buterin, uh, is still very much with the project uh, and is driving it forward. Compare that to Bitcoin, where where the developers are highly decentralized, they're dispersed, and there's, it's very hard to get any agreement. So the chances of Bitcoin evolving are next, for me, in my opinion, next to zero, whether there's a path forward for Ethereum. Okay. Um, I'm a buyer I'm, I'm a buyer of Ethereum. I've been calling it a buy for, um, for a number of months now on this uh, hunch that okay. it will overtake Bitcoin uh, to be okay. the number one crypto. All right. Uh, what about Tether, though? Uh, well, Tether's, uh, in, it, Tether's an easy one for us to do because the, the idea of Tether is that it's it's uh, linked to a fiat currency. In this case, Tether is linked to the US dollar. In theory, they're supposed to be backed by US dollars. So one Tether equals one US dollar held somewhere in a bank account or in a vault. It's not always the case and you have to read the fine print with these things. Um, the idea of this is to always be pegged at one to one and it's basically sort of a, a transitional cryptocurrency that you can store your cryptocurrency um, uh, holdings in as you move between other cryptocurrencies. So if you want some stability, because let's face it, this is a very volatile sector, and you want some stability for five minutes between um, buying this one and selling that <laughs> oh, one, right. you can okay. store it in Tether, and, and, you, and you know that tomorrow it's still going to be worth one US dollar. Okay. So someone, someone I was reading said it's like the central bank of cryptos. If you, if you want to no, just park it somewhere before you go into another crypto, you do it there. It's like your savings account that you take in and out. Don't expect any big gains. Yeah, you, you can park it. No, it's always going to be pretty right. close to one, but I wouldn't call it the central bank of crypto. No, I think okay. that's... <laughs> I, I just, I okay, just, all right. Stating. Okay, all right. Um, Josh? I think with Tether, it, it sort of leads into that conversation of you know, central bank digital coins. I think yeah. that's where we sort of move with it. We've already seen China adopting uh, sort of a digital asset, Sweden, Ukraine, sort of, I think pretty much every, every central bank at the moment is definitely having a conversation yeah. about cryptocurrencies, yeah. um, you, know, cent, you know, CBDCs, whatever that is in some capacity. I think Tether is a focus of that to try and have a, a stable coin which we can use um, moving forward. So I think that's right. really important. Again, there's pros and cons. The pros is obviously moving money much easier, quicker, cheaper. Cons are obviously things like probably come down to you know, privacy, KYC. I think a big yeah. part of why China is using it at the moment is to actually track 
uh, how people are spending the coin right. um, because they can find you know they find it much easier to be able to do that you know similar to like you know spending your, your credit card money but with obviously a, a Chinese CBDC it's all on your phone it can be tracked it goes you know route straight back and it's always public and validated so right. it's always it's always being able to be viewed so I think a lot of people are saying that's why China are using it at the moment to sort of try and have a little bit more of a hold right. um, but I think opening these markets internationally um, because you know will obviously be key but there obviously will be a risk in, in a sense because that way when you have a CBDC um, more regulation different regulations in different regions yeah, will obviously yeah. you know be really difficult as well um, but you know as I say I think CBDCs are, are being discussed through right. all central banks at the moment so, okay. yeah. so just 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 on that Koshi, I think, I mean, we could talk for an hour just on this topic alone, but you think about, we talked about money laundering before, and this is the great thing about the blockchain. Uh, imagine if all the central banks tomorrow said, you are going to move to our digital currency and the paper version is worth nothing anymore, and they could then track every dollar you ever spent uh, and, and where that is right now. Uh, and that right. would eliminate the black market, it would eliminate laundering overnight. Of course, yeah. you know, it's not going to happen, but... That in theory, that's that's some okay. of the benefits, the upside of this technology. Okay, all right. Uh, let's quickly uh, take a bit of a break to something more conventional because everyone wants to know how the calls fantasy portfolio has been going since the first of July. We've been tracking it. Um, any stocks that come onto the call that get two thumbs up from our uh, our expert panel goes into it. Thanks to our partner Nab Trade. Uh, if they come up again and don't get unanimous opinion, well, it goes out again. For the week, uh, the calls portfolio down 2%, down one and a quarter percent for the month, uh, up 27% for uh, since the um, 1st of July. Some of the stocks recently added, Janice Henderson Group, Smart Group, uh, TPC, BetaShares Climate Change, ETF, some stocks to come out. Next DC, Family Zone and Kogan. You want to see all the stocks in the calls portfolio, go to osbiz.co forward slash portfolio. And uh, make sure you join us later when we speak to the Chief Executive of Telex Pharma, uh, Chris Berenbrook. Uh, it comes as the government lowers the tax rate on biotech and medtech patents in a bid to keep innovation onshore. That's coming up at, eight to, um, at 1.30 this afternoon with Chris Easton. All right, let's get into uh, the second five crypto or crypto-related uh, investments. We're we'll taking a look at Josh Tether. Uh, sorry, we did Tether. Uh, Ripple mm -hmm. is the next one. Yeah, so Ripple um, is, is, has a lot of use cases. Um, I think it's a, it's a good, good one to mention in terms of payments and things like that. Um, it's integrated um, and has partnerships with the likes of Bank America, American yeah. Express, other large banking corporations. Um, so in terms of uh, how ripple works is it has a settlement time which is 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 super super fast we're talking a couple of seconds um, much faster than bitcoin um, which gives its use case a big use and that at the moment um, is actually going through the sec um, under an investigation um, due to being looked at as a security but the interest around it is is because it has that decentralized blockchain technology and as i said it can settle transactions in seconds faster it's less costly than more scalable yeah. than, than any any other digital asset um and the how it works is it's used to power you know the technology in the payment space so i think you know being already integrated with the likes of um you know bank of america mm. american express is, is key but again i think that's then really difficult because how do you integrate that with it still then being decentralized because then you're moving into a centralized um, sort of section there so whether that's going to be something that ripple then use with the bank america to offer you know 
payment services and it's less decentralized that will yeah. be that will be key but it definitely has use cases moving forward but at the moment it's 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 really difficult to to really sort of say where it's going to be off next because you know when you're in the middle of the SEC investigation it's a right. bit of a tough okay. one so um right. so just hold yeah with that carl ripple look it's a very very interesting concept so it's not your typical uh, unit of exchange you're not going to go out necessarily again and buy that cup of coffee with with ripple ripple the idea is it's competing with swift which is the big interbank payments and settlements network so at the moment if you wanted to make a significant bank transfer from here to somewhere in dubai for example uh, the two banks preferably need to know each other and have a trust uh, a trust built relationship and then basically this bank adjusts their ledger that bank adjusts their ledger it takes about 30 minutes and uh, both banks are probably going to charge you some fees for that ripple is a way of doing that by cutting out um, the, the middleman uh, and effectively you convert the, what you want to transact into Ripple at one end, it, it gets transacted instantaneously via the blockchain, and then you convert it back at the other end for a fraction of the fees and uh, and the transaction is right. instantaneous. So, um, yes, there's definitely a use case there. I like the way it's um, it's sort of battling versus the incumbent, and it does what the incumbent does way way better. So, um, the, the, certainly, it's getting picked up uh, within the the, the 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 old school financial um, banks. We talked, you know, Josh said some of the big big bankers that are coming on board with this um this swift is largely owned by uh, Citigroup and a few of the big guys and uh, some of the some of the, the next tier don't like that and don't like the money that yeah. they're making off swift All so that may well yeah. move move to ripple okay. yeah so so it's good for users um yeah. and uh, and certainly i think there's a future here for this concept yeah but it's very different from some of the other ones we've talked about okay so would you be investing in it would yeah, look, I think, you, and again, with, with, with all of these things, I think you need to take a long-term view. So I, I liken this to, um, look, how much of your portfolio would you apply to a, a mining stock that's kicking over rocks 250 kilometres northeast of Kalgoorlie? Um, and you've done the research and you think it's brilliant and there are three deposits within 20 kilometres that are massive uh, and the drilling starts and the, the, the management's got a right. great background. Okay, well, I like it. I'm going to apportion 1% or 2% of my portfolio to that right. and I'm going to hold it. And if it comes off, it could be a 10-bagger and that'll become 10 or 20 percent of my portfolio look at your investments in the crypto space in that regard that's the way sure. i say it so would i put a part of that one or two percent of my overall portfolio into uh, ripple yeah i would proportion some right. of it towards that that's the okay. way i would look at it if that's your goal then yes i would buy it okay all right uh we've got to get a bit of a move on um uh, carl Chainlink. uh yeah Chainlink is another very interesting concept um, so these guys, I'm trying to look at my notes. So this is one I had to had to do some research research on. Uh, okay, so they're trying to go from um, uh, non-blockchain uh, data and bringing that into the blockchain. So uh, basically, um, a good example of non-blockchain data is the Australian Australian Stock Exchange, for example. Um, so you could take, uh, and that would be uh, they would classify. Uh, the ASX as, a, as what, what they call an oracle, so a trusted right. source of information, which then they could use to settle um, these uh, these uh, digital uh, contracts, okay, these smart contracts. Yep. Uh, so they're then taking information that's come off blockchain, putting it on the blockchain, becomes part of a contract, which then people can use. So uh, again, there is a use case there. They're doing something very, very different from Bitcoin, which is just trying to be a store of value. And because it's an actual use case, then it's definitely worth uh, watching. Okay. Chart looks good. You know, it's um, certainly bottom left, top right. So on that basis, again, do your research if you like the story. Uh, I've no problems investing in this one. All right, Josh? Again, another crypto built on the Ethereum um, sort of blockchain. So again, Ethereum's use case is coming through, but I think Carl mentioned it in terms of um, how it will develop money markets. 
a lot of what they're offering is is being able to um, give brokers the opportunity to digitalize what they do, okay. options, futures, trading, that sort of aspect. Um, again, with those smart contracts um, aspects. So it will really sort of, you, the blockchain will be able to effectively settle the transactions. And in some cases with the options, it will take away the need it will actually do the underwriting of an option, for example, right. um, rather than you know having okay. to, to sort of manually do that. Um, it also, in the sense, is looking towards traditional payments. They're sort of really trying to target uh, things like salary payments. Really trying to make it easier for, say, you know, a business to be able to you know, bulk pay a business. You know, if you're, let's just say, American Express, and you've got you know, 30 offices globally, um, you know, 100,000 people to pay. It's, it's a bit of a minefield. Yeah. And I think they're yeah. trying to really change that. So it's pretty seamless. Again, you're using the blockchain to be able to seamlessly pay people. Um, and it, they're sort of trying to really develop that and make it much easier. Okay. I think we don't really have a use case like that with many other cryptos. And I think that could be really important, especially for institutions moving forward. So they've got a couple of really nice use cases there. And, and like Carl says, when there are strong use cases in that sense, um, it's, yeah. it's pretty positive. And again, um, it's decentralized finance. Uh, so, you know, really, really in the, in focus at the moment. So. Okay, so yes for Chainlink from yes. you. Um, all right, see what I'm learning, I, I thought cryptocurrencies were just people switching from their Bet360 account to <laughs> this sort of imaginary to, sort of currency that you just play with. It's like gamifying mm. investing. But, but what sets a lot of these apart is that they're being disruptors in the financial sector is yeah. a is a way That's of right. payments to to break down the costs of of doing trade and and making payments yeah. around i think it's, it's the key the thing distinguishing is thing. yeah the key thing is technology yeah. um so there's That's a lot right. of technology behind it and i think even when you look at bitcoin um it is still a technology um yeah, yeah. so it do, doesn't seem to have a purpose like a lot of these other ones yeah exactly but well, i think yeah it is gamifying it, not necessarily yeah. in the same sense i think that finite value All right we'll leave that there yeah. dogecoin yeah. though Okay, it was started as a joke. It was. Um, yeah. Yep. So, so, and this is the one Elon Musk made a joke on Saturday Night Live about it and dropped 34%. So, uh, yeah, Josh. again, started as a joke, but does actually have some technology behind it. Um, right. Actually, in terms of... What does it solve? Payments, again. Right. Um, so okay. it can send payments on the blockchain really, really quickly. Um, again, I think that's why they've accepted it as, as a payment for, for SpaceX. Yeah. It recently, it's been adopted well. Again, look, yes, it did start as a joke. And I think probably the key thing to note here is that sort of shows the power of sort of the retail investor that, that they sort of have in the market these days. We sort of pushed it to the top six market cap of, of cryptocurrencies. Yeah. So that just sort of shows that, that sort of power that retail investors do have. Again, use cases in the sense of it has an open source peer-to-peer -peer network where actually when you are, say, doing something on Twitter or you're doing, you're raising capital, it's an easy way to be able to pay somebody right. uh, for that. So it's enabled Doge um, to be used on, again, the Ethereum blockchain to access that DeFi network. Okay. And that use case is actually the block time, which we were talking about earlier in terms of blockchain, is much quicker than quite a lot of other cryptos. So, so for example, Litecoin, that's something that's, again, in the payment space but actually Dogecoin has come in and now has quicker payments. Okay. Um, so it, it does yeah. have that sort okay. of interesting use case there. Um, and again, if the, that can integrate with, you know, the, the internet and the social media side of it, we know how powerful that is these days. And I think, again, um, that just shows the power of the retail investor and how they can adapt that to their everyday lives. So Right, okay. So yes for Dogecoin or? 
Still, look, I think, you know, in terms of its use cases, it's definitely there and the power of the people. Apart from a personal opinion, I, I wouldn't be investing into right. it um, just because, again, yep. you probably missed the boat slightly. But to people are talking about trying to move it to a dollar and then have it as a sort of a, that sort of stable coin or something similar to that. Right. Whether that will happen, I'm not sure. Carl, how's the chart no. look? No, no, absolutely, absolutely, don't buy this, please, please, <laughs> don't, 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 don't buy it. Look, unless you, unless it is risk money, uh, and and you know you have transferred your money from your Bet three sixty account, and that's the only reason okay. why you're doing it. Uh, look, yeah, right. I don't think we'll ever be right. uh, paying for stuff in in Dogecoin. Um, there, are, yeah, look, it, it, it is actually a, a, a more sophisticated, uh, more efficient coin than uh, Bitcoin. Uh, but yeah, look, I, I think. The difference between this Bitcoin is Bitcoin has a fixed supply of 21 million right. coins and a bunch of that's been lost and hacked and, and it's gone anyway, it will never come back. Uh, Dogecoin started with a, a supply of 100 billion coins and they're adding 5 billion coins every year uh, forever. So oh, it, it's, okay. yeah, All right. when, when you can, um, it's, we, it's, we got to keep moving. It's, it's, it's a joke and it's a pass. All right. What about Cardano? Cardano is the opposite. So um, I mentioned earlier that uh, Bitcoin's going to will go down history like uh, like Nokia and BlackBerry have. Well, uh, Cardano is is the Apple iPhone uh, to to Bitcoin's uh, Nokia, okay. uh, and so this is this is the real deal. So the guy that's uh, behind this, uh, Charles Hoskinson, he was one of the uh, original Ethereum founders. He's uh, broken away and uh, doing his own thing, but it's it's very it's it, these are these are the smartest guys in the room. Um, so this is a, a very much a, an academic. Uh, scientific approach of doing it. Um, it's been um, far, the development's been farmed out to a bunch of the the, the top um, you know technology okay. universities institutions around the world. Uh, there is a clear path forward. They are looking to solve all of the problems uh, that Ethereum and Bitcoin have. Uh, it is extremely energy efficient. It is extremely fast. Oh. And um, the, the okay, goal so here. A yes from you. As I say, we're I look, running I'll, out of time. Yes from you. I, I, I know, but but let me just say, let me just say, Koshi, that that what they're trying to create here is a financial operating system for the world. So what Windows is to PCs is what Cardano hopefully will be uh, to the to the digital environment. So it's a yes for me. This is one of the two. Uh, uh, cryptocurrencies I actually own right now. So I've actually got my money where my mouth is on this one. So oh, and Ethereum is the other? Uh, the other one is Polkadot. So ticket code oh. DOT. Okay. Yeah, so Cardano, again, completely agree with everything Carl said. It recently yeah. went through an upgrade um, to move towards a proof of a stake network. So yeah. that energy efficiency is, is definitely coming through. Um, it's moving away from proof of work, which drove the price at the start of this year. They do a lot in terms of working with actually unstable financial countries. They do a yeah. lot right now in Africa to try Ethiopia, and actually, they did yeah, yeah, to try and build up a you know financial system that's you know yeah. either not there or broken. So they're doing some really good work as well. It's not just wow. um, you know the, okay. the standard sort of stuff. And the, the pandemic has sort of really served as a purpose to sort of really try and see solid and sort of key supply okay. chains. So I think it can work yeah. really well in terms of the supply chain as well. Okay, and a final one for those who are uh, stock-oriented thinking, oh, I don't know about this, Coinbase, the market for trading list, uh, trading cryptos listed on the, on the share market. Um, what do you think? Yeah, look, I mean, it gives people exposure to crypto yeah. without needing to buy crypto. buy crypto. Yeah, I think that's yeah. probably quite key. And I think it's that's it's significant in, in that sort of space for many reasons. We saw a lot of uh, sort of Bitcoin mining companies come through to market, but yeah. Coinbase is sort of really the first of its kind. It demonstrates how public markets are changing, I think, as well, and how we're sort of moving in that way. Uh, we've seen, obviously, a record number of you know IPOs in, in the last sort of year and so. But for me, it's heavily reliant on those crypto prices. You know, its, yeah. it's revenue went from 
190 million Q1 2020 to 1.8 billion Q1 2021. Yeah. So those sort of numbers, you know, mean that for a stock investor, you are sort of probably still going to get that same volatility. You're probably not going to see the same price action that right. you would from Bitcoin and other crypto assets, but heavily reliant on that sort of price moving because okay. you need people to be able to be trading. And if the retail sentiment drops, so will Coinbase's sort of general revenue. But I think it's, you know, a, a key factor for the market. Um, and I think I say it gives people, some exposure. It gives that exposure. Exactly. Okay. Uh, Carl, quickly, Coinbase, is it a good way for yeah. traditional investors to at least get exposure to it? Well, well, you can. So this one's listed on the NASDAQ, unlike yep. Grayscale we talked about before was on OTC. So you can buy it. So think markets, for example, you can just jump on the platform and buy this one. Um, yeah, the idea is we're selling uh, shovels to the miners. It's that concept. There's a real business here. Like Josh says, it's not going to be uh, up a million percent like uh, the next yep. Dogecoin. Uh, you're buying into a business. So therefore, you need to do that sort of research. Uh, for me, look, uh, revenues are growing uh, rapidly, users are growing rapidly, but it's still way too expensive. Uh, the price you're right. paying now, we're looking at 300 times next year's earnings. Right. And yes, while there is growth there, I still think that's too okay. much. Uh, the chart's kind of reflecting that right now. So this one's a pass for me. Very interesting conceptually, and I think we'll see more of these in the future, uh, but it's a pass for me on the basis of the valuation. I think okay. a key thing with something like Coinbase and some of these other sort of stocks that are listed that offer cryptocurrencies is, being able to, you know, have access to it through things like pension funds and trackers as well, because right. you know at the moment you, it's probably really difficult to try and access sort of super or anything like that with crypto. Yeah. I think it gives people who want that exposure to crypto. Okay. Um, but for, very for expensive assets. at the moment. Yeah. All right. Let's uh, Joe. Uh, fast running out of time. Uh, well, we've run out of time. Let's recap the the ten uh, Bitcoin. A sell from Carl. A, a hold from Josh. A grayscale. A no. Uh, Binance, a yes from uh, Josh and no from Carl. Ethereum, both agree, uh, better than Bitcoin. That's your one. Um, that's your one. Yep, that's the one if you want to get into. Um, Tether, uh, a hold from both. Ripple, a yes from Carl, a hold from uh, from Josh. Uh, Chainlink, a yes from both. Dogecoin, a no. Uh, Cardano, a yes with a big rap uh, from both of them. So... Um, that's been uh, fascinating. I've learned a lot in this hour. Have we Thank convinced you? You, you have convinced <laughs> me, but into areas I'd never heard of before. Okay, good. Um, uh, cryptos with a purpose that are solving a problem in financial payments, you, you can actually um, see a purpose there, there for them. And really interesting to do some more homework. The problem is Bitcoin and the Dogecoins of the world Bugger up, the, <laughs> I reckon. Bugger up the way we look at cryptocurrencies, um, and you pointed that out. So, guys, thank you for that. It's been a crypto boot camp for me. Carl Capulinga from Think Markets. Thank you, sir, for your time. And thank uh, you, David. Kudos for putting this on. Well done. Hopefully, we can do another one. Yeah, uh, yeah, absolutely. And Josh Gilbert from eToro. Uh, I'm glad we had that drink on the last call. And you convinced me to do this. You Absolutely. challenged me to do it. So it was really <laughs> your idea. Really appreciate it. That's it from us. Um, we've run out of time. And sort of subscribe to the Close of Business um, at newsletter every afternoon. A lot more of BuzzFeed's coming up after this. We've got a skedaddle. Stick around. Ah! 
Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. 